soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we'll be visiting with Paulette Meyer, one of the 1,300 attendees of the Friends General Conference gathering held at the Virginia Tech campus this year. We have an audience here with us today to hear Paulette's music and spiritual journey, two very entwined aspects of her life. Paulette Meyer is, I think, what you could call a rooted activist, very much on a spiritual quest that is richly manifested by her activism. She's a peace teacher, and one place you'll find out more about that is on her website, LessonSongs.com, a site for lesson songs for peacemaking. And as we get to know more about Paulette, you'll hear about the Quaker quotations she's put to tunes as a way to internalize the wisdom and guidance that she's encountered in these writings. It's a pleasure to welcome singer-songwriter Paulette Meyer today for Song of the Soul. First of all, a lot of the people here may not know too much about you, Paulette. Could you say, uh, maybe it's your mission, what you're led to do, what, what do you do as the work of your life? And I think musically is what I'm speaking of here. I want to communicate messages that raise awareness and raise compassion, raise understanding, raise joy, unity through my songs. That's taken a long time in coming to see that as a mission but that seems to be my path. I think you frequently target towards younger folks. Yes. Well, that kind of came through a back door. I, I was doing more political protest folk music with another woman. I'm from Cincinnati. I sang for a long time with a woman named Jenny Frazier. 
professionally, I worked in a mental health agency, and I began working in schools with children with social-emotional learning kinds of classes and things. Then I zeroed more and more in on violence prevention as my specialty, which is also known as peace education. I sang a lot with the children as part of my classes, and I ended up over time writing songs to fit my own lessons with the kids. Eventually that came into a recording, but I never thought of myself as a children's musician, and I still don't think of myself like that so much. But the messages that I wanted children to learn seemed to be well augmented by my songs. And you put a recording of those songs together called Come Join the Circle. Come Join the Circle, Lesson Songs for Peacemaking. And, and Lesson Songs is the key phrase here, right? Because your website is LessonSongs.com? That's right. So everybody's written that down. I see all the pens in the audience <laughs> working frantically. LessonSongs.com. Right. The production of that CD was clearly a miracle in the making. Teachers were telling me in classrooms, your songs are wonderful, the kids love them, but we don't have any way of remembering them. And I used to use a lot of handheld tape recorders and sing a song for them so they'd have it. And finally, I had enough songs written, and people encouraged me to make a CD, but I didn't have the money for it. was really sort of stopped about how to do it. And it was just a miracle how things fell into place. I met David Archer in Cincinnati, who works at Procter & Gamble as a marketing executive from England, and found out that he was an audio engineer in England and that P&G had shipped over his studio with his furniture when they moved him here. I was talking to his wife, who was also a professional singer in England, and, and she showed me around their house one day when, when I met her. And, and she said, oh, you, you need to meet my husband. He's done a lot of recording. And she played some CDs and showed me a studio, and I was so stunned. And I said, how much does he charge per hour? And she said, oh, he can't charge you. He doesn't have a green card to do music in this country. And David contributed his musical genius to that effort totally for free. So it ended up being relatively easy to finance the project. So is there a sample of any of the music from Come Join the Circle that you'd care to share today as part of your Song of the Soul? Sure. And I have here with me today Jamie Foda, my singing buddy in Cincinnati. We now call ourselves Just Earth with another man named Len Webb. So she's going to play the guitar on this. So it, does, it sounds, sounds much uh, different on the CD, on the recording, with all the instrumentation. A lot of children performed on the CD as well. And what's the song? This is called What Does Peace Mean? And this song was inspired by a, an activity in a curriculum called Learning the Skills of Peacemaking by Naomi Drew. And it's all about what does peace mean? Peace means taking care of ourselves, each other, and the earth. And I thought, what a great chorus for a song. So that's how this song came about. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of ourselves, each other, and the earth. When we take care of ourselves, we get the rest we need. We eat good and healthy food and exercise our bodies. We have lots of fun and we cry when we're sad. We speak up for ourselves if we're upset or mad. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of ourselves, each other, and the earth. When we take care of each other, we help each other out. We ask 
each other questions like, what are you sad about? We listen to our stories, we take turns in our play. We cheer each other on as we find our own way. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of. What does peace mean? Peace means taking care of ourselves, each other. You said you started out by doing protest songs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Who were your early influences? Who did, you, did you want to grow up to be Joan Baez or what was the... No, although uh, my first boyfriend who volunteered for Vietnam as a, and volunteered to join the Marines and was a tunnel rat in Vietnam, his mother used to tease me when we were going out together that he was seeing this Joan Baez woman. And so at that point, I was really very sheltered and very ignorant about anything in the world and good Catholic girl from northern Kentucky. So I was not strongly influenced at that point. I came from a working class family and didn't know what to do. I knew that I, I, teachers told me I was very intelligent and I should go to college, but my parents weren't too gung-ho about that. But I didn't know what to study and I liked German. So somebody said, just go ahead and study German. So I did. But it landed me in Germany and as a junior for four months living with families. And I got my eyes open there, a different perspective on the United States, different perspective on the economy. I didn't, hadn't even thought about the economy before, but there were two socialists in this one family. The sons be, had become socialists, and they educated me about capitalism and my own place in that as my dad worked in a factory. And, and also I, my eyes were opened about church, the Catholic church and church history there because I had to study a lot of German history. And I really was stunned at a lot of what I learned. And I came back after those four months, still living with my family at home and going to a Catholic college that I worked lots of hours to try to get the tuition together myself for, came back really a changed person. That set me off on this journey. I wrote a song a couple years ago called Leaving, and it's about leaving the Catholic Church and leaving my, my family and culture and the pain of that the rest of my life. But, you know, our journeys take us in these difficult paths. And mine ended up getting involved. Um, I went to graduate school in German at the University of Cincinnati. And while there, I met these other really radical people. We formed a teaching assistant union on campus. And I got really pulled along 
into a lot of things in a very short amount of time. That was in, I graduated from college in 73, so in 74 and 75, right, in the uh, the heat of the women's movement. Women's music was really opening up then, and I landed with a couple of friends who were very knowledgeable and involved in that movement, and that's what really sent me into singing. I sang with this other woman, Diana Porter, in Cincinnati. It was a big influence on me, and she was a fellow teacher. And once I got involved as a teacher in the Cincinnati public school system, and we sang together a couple times for the teachers' union, I got involved eventually in fighting a nuclear power plant in our neck of the woods and eventually went off to Washington, D.C. to work nationally on nuclear energy issues. As it may happen, I ended up living in a group house in Washington, D.C. The women were, some were lesbian, some were straight, some were bi, and they were singers and songwriters, socialists and into earth spirituality, and it was the first time I ever saw such a range of possibilities all in the same people, and even, in, you know, in the same person, that somebody could be a socialist and still be aware of the earth mother and could be singing, and they really encouraged me to sing. That's when I first, well, one of the women in the house, Diane de Graffenried, she was teaching uh, what turns out to be Bernice Johnson Reagan's daughter, Toshi Reagan, how to play the bass guitar. So I was suddenly thrown into this world of Washington, D.C., political folk musicians and being encouraged by them to sing. Were you a singer-songwriter at that time already? Oh, no, no, no. no. I, I hardly had the nerve to stand up on a stage and do anything. I, I was really still very good Catholic girl from northern Kentucky, and it was more like my breaking out. It was scary. But I was being encouraged, and I loved to sing. But it was not too long after that. I had a dream with Bernice Johnson Reagan in my dream. In the dream, I I had put on her dress and got on a on a bus, and was all embarrassed because she was on the bus, and I didn't. She didn't know I borrowed her clothing. And so, <laughs> what was she wearing? I don't remember. But <laughs> her and so. You know, I in in a in dream I asked her and she said it was okay. Later I met another this woman named Louisa Tish who was she's a voodoo priestess actually, and I was at a workshop with her and she gave me a little reading with tea leaves and stuff and she I told her about this dream and she said, "Girl, if you've got Bernice Johnson Reagan in your dreams." you better sing. You better sing, girl. And I, I had a lot of dreams that dreams have been important on my spiritual journey. And that one was a looking back on it was a powerful one that got me singing. You're listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Paulette Meyer. This is Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit radio production. You can hear it on the stations where we broadcast, and you can always find us via our website, northernspiritradio.org. And while you're there, please post comment on these programs, share with other listeners uh, what your recommendations are, and you can listen over and over and over, and you can subscribe via iTunes, all these other modes that you can capture Northern Spirit Radio productions. I'd like to share another one from my CD, actually, because it brings together both the emotional things, I think, that go on for children, like with the self-esteem issues and peer pressure, and also what goes on in a capitalist economy that really exploits those sensitivities in, ch in young people. The thing that I loved when I discovered the whole field of peace education, which years later I learned was really started by Quakers, 
I loved that I could really combine my passion and interest in the world and and economics and what's going on politically with this concern for our emotional well-being internally, our health. And I've seen so much illness in children because of what adults are doing. So I wrote a song called Clothes Don't Make the Person. And I've been told it's sort of an unusual song because it does look at sweatshop labor with the production of our clothing, which often a lot of children's songs don't really speak to these more underlying systemic issues that affect their lives. And and that's what I try to do with my children's songs, too. This is Clothes Don't Make the Person Mm -hmm. by Paulette Meyer. Clothes don't make the person Labels don't make the clothes Don't be fooled by what they say is cool You're the only one that really knows You're the only one that really knows Michelle came home, threw her books on a chair Lay down on her bed and cried Her sister came in and said, what's wrong, Shelly? And sat down by her side The popular girls in my class don't like me They said what I wear is uncool I have to go buy some brand name jeans Before I show my face back at school Her sister gently stroked her hair and said Shell, I can see you're hurt Share something from my heart You can take it for what it's worth You're friendly and caring You're good at piano And jumping doubles too You're fun to be with You've got lots of interest There's no one to compare with you And just remember that Clothes don't make the person Labels don't make the clothes Don't be fooled by what they say is cool You're the only one that really knows You're the only one that really knows Josh got mad cause his dad won't buy him Those high-priced basketball shoes He said some guys on his team make fun of him And say it's his fault when they lose His dad said, son, you can save your money to buy that big label brand. If I could afford them, I still wouldn't buy them. I'll tell you why I take this stand. The ones who make those shoes can't even afford to wear them on their own feet. On a dollar a day, their pay is so low they can barely afford to eat. While our hard-earned money helps make the company Owners get richer each day I can't tell you what to do with the pressure that's on you But I'm loving you all the way And please remember that Clothes don't make the person Labels don't make the clothes Don't be fooled by what they say is cool You're the only one that really Don't be fooled by what they say is cool You're the only one that really knows
Last I recall of you, you were uh, a fallen Catholic girl uh, living <laughs> with the undesirables of society. And <laughs> That's right. You said, when you mentioned the song Leaving, mm -hmm. this caused a lot of disruption in your life, with your family life, too. The family didn't really care for the direction you were taking? Uh, you could say that. Yep. <laughs> I just did. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. Yeah. Where, where did that go? A lot of different directions over the years. Spiritually, I went to a, a little community church in a very poor neighborhood for six years where a minister named Reverend McCracken, Morris McCracken, was the minister. He was in jail a lot for protesting different wars, and I developed a real love and appreciation for, it was mostly an African-American community, and for the, for the, um, the love that they had for each other. And then I tried to get back to my Catholic roots and went to, with a lay Catholic community for a while in New Jerusalem. And the women's issue was still just really tough. So I didn't do anything for quite a while. My dreams started working on me. I ended up, I told this story this morning in one of our classes about, I ended up in Texas from some guidance. And I'd never been in Texas before, but that's where I started going to a Quaker meeting down there. I knew Quakers in Cincinnati from the peace movement, but I didn't really understand what it was about. And it wasn't until I went to Texas and started learning more that I really started to understand it. Where in Texas? I was in Austin just for six months I, I don't so. think of Texas as a big Quaker state. I know. Yeah, and I think I, you had to find the five meetings <laughs> in, you know, in the entire well, state. Well, yeah. And, and ironically, one of the spiritual leadings that led me there was I would wake up in the morning with these images in my mind's eye, and I woke up one morning with the state of Texas in the shape of a dove and heard a voice wow. that here is the paraclete. George W. was running for president then, so it was hard to imagine that. But anyway, I went on a journey and, and did find and some incredible people and incredible things going on to, in the name of reconciliation and love. So then I came back to Cincinnati and started going regularly to community friends meeting, reading more and more, and just fell more and more in love with Quakerism. Became pretty passionate about it. And on a, a day when I got told I was going to have to be let go at my job, I... Um, had been encouraged by a clearness committee just shortly before that to start spending at least five minutes a day in silent meditation. And I started doing that. And the day that I lost my job, I saw an image of a Swiss golden clock in a gift box and didn't know at that point what it meant. It was all wrapped up beautifully, and but I could see that it was one of those beautiful Swiss clocks. Then at the work that day, I, I got the news, and immediately that image came to mind, that I, and I realized I was being given a gift of time because I got unemployment for that period of time. And at that point, my clearness committee suggested I go to Pendle Hill for a night or two and just check that place out. I did, and one thing led to the other, and, and I ended up applying for an artist-in-residence scholarship, which seemed totally far-fetched at the time. But on the strength of the music on this children's CD, they figured I was an artist, and so they gave me the artist in, Minnie Jane Artist-in-Residence Scholarship at Pendle Hill. It was another dream that got me 
to Pendle Hill because I had had a hip replacement right before that, and I, I was having a miserable time of it, trying to get my house ready to go. I, I didn't see how I could get there, and I was so scared and everything. And then I had this split-second dream of a red-tailed hawk taking off in flight, and it turned into an owl, a great horned owl in the woods. I have this book called Animal Speak that goes into Native American understandings of animal medicine and what animals mean, can, what messages they can bring. And it said that the red-tailed hawk and the great horned owl share the same territory. They match up in pairs, and one does its praying by, you know, hunts for prey by day and the other by night. And it said that if a hawk is coming to you, that it's a, usually a sign that something important is really about to happen, and you need to stay alert and take advantage of this opportunity. And the owl is an invitation to go in in more deeper way into internal work. That image and that held me through to be able to say, I'm going to Pendle Hill no matter what, and I got to be there for nine months. I would like to share a song that I wrote while I was there called Hawk and Owl. Hawk and owl, two birds of prey, one by night and one by day. Make clear my vision, oh, help me see. Guide me along my soul's journey. A great horned owl, you with your eyes so yellow, you can see what's behind every shadow. You bring the sun into the night, and with your keen sight and your silent flight, you obtain that which you need. Help me attain what I need. In great horned owl, you with your hidden ears, the slightest sound in the woods you can hear. You know the secrets of the dark. And with your wisdom and your listening heart, you discern what you must do. Help me discern what to do. Hawk and owl, two birds of prey, one by night and one by day. Make clear my vision, oh, help me see. Guide me along my soul's journey. Oh, red-tailed hawk, you with your rust-red feathers, you connect earth and heaven together. You scan the ground from such great heights, and with your broad wingspan and your agile flight, you soar on the currents of life. Help me ride the currents of life. And red-tailed hawk, you with your far-reaching vision that holds you on course with your mission, you see ahead to what may come. And with your talons strong and your wings wide flung, you see which way to go. Help me see the way to go. Hawk and owl, two birds of prey, 
One by night and one by day, make clear my vision. Oh, help me see. Guide me along my soul's journey. Guide me along my soul's journey. Guide me along my soul's journey. Powerful song, powerful <laughs> song, Paulette. I had dreams about animals all through the year at Pendle Hill. Really? Yep. I figured it's continuing revelation, you know, that God's yeah. trying to speak through the creatures of this planet. One thing I would say about that song is it doesn't sound like a very Catholic-based song. <laughs> I just can't imagine, you know, getting up in choir. I grew up Catholic, too. Mm. We sang Blowing in the Wind and some other songs that were on the edge of the folk uh -huh. you know, thing. Uh -huh. But that song, I think they wouldn't have accepted because I, I don't think it fits the theology. I think you're right. I'm not sure if it's a theology of fits the theology of Quakerism either, except in a broader Well, let's hear. Does that fit the theology of Quakerism <laughs> from the audience? <laughs> I think you convinced the folks here. It, it has deep spiritual currents from my point of view, listening to that song. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like authentic touching and trusting in the deeper thing. Of course, you know, some of us want to put God as the bearded man on the mountain, or maybe that's what we grew up with. But a lot of us have gone far beyond that, and your song helps me do that. So thank you, Paulette. Thank you. And that reminds me of a quote by William Penn, where William Penn talked about seeing God in every part of nature. Um, I could share some quotes that I've put to music. Yeah. So are you good at memorization in general? <laughs> Not unless it's to rhythm or rhythm helps me and, and melody helps me remember things. No, I'm not real good at memorization otherwise. I, I've heard some of your songs, uh, famous Quaker quotes or maybe even less famous Quaker quotes, and I have the same feeling that if it's with music, I can remember lyrics. If it's not with music, well, good luck. So how did these Quaker quote songs come about? Ironically, when I was at Pendle Hill, I had written in my grant proposal that I would write 10 more new songs for children while I was there. I had these three goals, you know, at Pendle Hill. And when I got there, the selection committee, some members pulled me aside periodically and say, we just want you to know you don't have to stick to anything that you said in that paper that you wrote. <laughs> um, we're not feeling, you know, you don't owe us anything like in terms of production here. You've got to let this time be led by the Spirit. And I cried. I couldn't, I can't, no Catholic church was ever going to tell me that, you know, or not just the Catholic church, but any institution other than Quakers I, that I can think of would say, let yourself be guided by the Spirit. And they had, they had to keep reminding me that all year because I kept beating myself up for not having written any songs. But what I was doing was taking courses in Quakers and Quaker studies, Quaker history and prayer and spirituality and I fell in love with early friends' writings, and, and there happened to be a, a, the Cadbury scholar that year was this man from Australia named Jerry Guyton, and he's a Quaker historian and theologian of sorts, and he practically had all these journals of early friends memorized, and I just loved, loved the theology that I was learning from them, and it was rooted in Christianity, but was so different than anything else I'd ever read as an understanding of Christianity, and helped me to really get a handle on what Quakerism was about. So one of the things I started doing was I wanted to memorize some of these early Quaker quotes so that they could feed me, and I could internalize them and remember them, so to sort of nurture my own spirit. When I came back to Philadelphia that second year, 
I woke up one of the first weeks I was there, as I recall, and had an image in my mind's eye of a, of a bird with its beak open, and there was a pearl on its tongue. It communicated telepathically to me and said, I've been holding on to this pearl for a long time, and I'm now deciding to release it. I didn't know what that meant, what that was about, and I remember that same morning getting up and I sat down and put this CD on that I was using as a guided meditation of sorts from this Quaker theologian, Rex Ambler. Thought it was his the, the normal thing I'd been listening to where he has six steps and helps you to go through to get deeper into some concern that you have and having the light shine on it and have revelations come about what you need to do or whatever. So this particular morning, however, the CD that I put on it didn't start like it normally does. It started with Rex Engler's voice, but it said, seek the pearl within. And I thought it, it was some strange ghost or something coming through the, the CD player because <laughs> I hadn't heard freaky, that before. Yeah. yeah, especially since I had just had this image of this pearl on this bird's tongue. And then found out that I'd accidentally put in another version of this through the words of George Fox. He has these six steps but he has a different version that's just the words of George Fox showing the six steps. And the first one has that seek the pearl within. So uh, over the next year and a half or so, I started having bird images come or real birds, you know, mostly all robins in real life and in dreams. And in when I did this guided imagery, well, it's not really guided imagery, but this experiment with light steps. It, it got a little bit crazy. To, one day I was pulling out of my driveway and there was a family of robins in my front yard in the snow and they all sort of flew away when I pulled the car out except one robin hung tight to a branch of bush. It had snow on it, I still remember. And I stopped the car and looked at the window and it was like, you know, maybe a foot from my face and just stared at me and didn't budge. Finally, I looked up in this same book uh, that I had called Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, and it said that robins have the loudest song of the birds around it, and they don't need to fight aggressively for their territory. They just sing the loudest. And it said if you have robin coming to you in dreams or in real life, that you have a song to sing, and it's time to sing it loud to the world. And that led to the Quaker quote songs. Well, it, it was a realization that putting these Quaker quotes, that my passion was around singing these out to the world, that this incredible faith and practice, this tradition, is really relevant to today's world, and I want to get these messages out there. Great so. story. Wow. <laughs> wow. So one thing led to the next, and um, over time I have quite a few <laughs> quotes put to music. My early Catholic influence, I think, is is there because I grew up pre-Vatican II and I sang Gregorian chant. I can still sing the Latin masses. I can still sing the Requiem. In fact, Jamie and I, when we were, we both had, she had a knee replacement, I had a hip replacement the same summer, and we, get, we got together to do our exercises and we chanted, we did the Gregorian chant Requiem mass to, our, to the beat of our exercises. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to share with us? Well, because you just mentioned, you know, about the creation and Quaker understanding of God, I thought William Penn, I became a really admirer of William Penn and learned a lot about him when I was in Philadelphia. So this, this was one quote. It would go a great way to caution and direct people in their use of the world. 
if we understood more about the creation of it. For how could we find the confidence to abuse it when we should see the great creator stare us in the face in all and every part thereof? Thank you. That's powerful. Have you ever thought maybe of taking a, a whole bunch of these, put it together, and, you know, it could be a, a Quaker Gregorian chant rock musical, you know? <laughs> you... I wish somebody would get William Penn's story and make a musical out of it because that story's amazing. And mm-hmm. Actually, I wrote a, a ballad, and I was volunteering at Arch Street Meeting House as a, as a tour guide when I was in Philadelphia. So all these people would be streaming up from the, down from the Liberty Bell and up from the Betsy Ross House and past this old huge Quaker meeting house on Arch Street, and people would come in, and it was the most rewarding political work I've ever done. I felt like I had my own little platform to preach just through telling the stories of Quakerism and the testimonies and everything. And, and people would come in, say, I only have a few minutes, and then they stay for a half hour or an hour even sometimes to hear these stories. I could share the William Penn song. I do have to ask you, what do you call that last song? It seems to me like you could call it just like people in those days used to write the titles of their tracts that they were handing out. You know, you could have just write up the entire quote as the title of the tract. <laughs> what, what, what do you call it, or do you have a name? I don't have names for these. They're not really songs. I, I'm sort of calling them song chants. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean the, the one from we, William Penn? Yeah, so we could say the quote from William Penn, but I think you have more than one from yes. Billy. Yes, I do. They want to know. They want to look it up. <laughs> they can't find it anywhere. Well, it would go a great way. It would go a great way, sure. Yes. <laughs> if you just tuned in, I want to let you know that you're listening to Song of the Soul. My guest today for Song of the Soul is Paulette Meyer, and she's being accompanied by Jamie Fota. Together, they're Just Earth. Paulette has a collection of music out on her website. It's called LessonSongs.com. We're sitting on fifth floor of Pritchard on the campus of Virginia Tech, which is in Blacksburg, Virginia. I think with this music, we're bringing a little bit of peace to this campus, restoring what was shattered two years ago. So we're part of a national gathering of Quakers called Friends General Conference. So happy you could join us. You can always hear this program again via my website, Northern Spirit Radio. Dot org. And Paulette, you have some more Quaker quote songs to share. You know, I'm so excited to share these with friends, but I've shared them in other churches, too. And I've actually got invited to give a talk on Quakerism at a Catholic community, and they loved these quotes. And I did it at a Unitarian church, and I've done it at a nursing home. And the quotes are so, uh, they capsulize what Quakerism means and what it's about. People have told me that singing them allows the meaning to be sort of cracked open. If you just sort of read it quickly in a book or something, you might miss it. But I want to mention Rex Ambler, too, as a Quaker theologian from England, who I got to take a whole week-long class from at Pendle Hill. He cracked open a lot of the text from Early Friends writings for me and the power of the practice of sitting in the stillness. So I want to, I'll start with one from Fox. Let me mention something, though. Part of my experience, and I, I turned 10 the year they stopped doing Latin Mass in Catholic Church. So I did grow up with Latin Mass. And I also grew up with the priest kind of chanting, saying some of the Mass. 
And there's some element of that, I think, in some of your songs. So I can really see the Catholic Church, the people there are saying, that touches something in me. Mm. And I carry a lot of just tremendous value from my Catholic upbringing. I'm very thankful me for too. it. Me too. So it's really nice to see that united with the Quaker quotes in your songs. So what are you going <laughs> to share you. with us? This is a very famous quote from Fox that probably many people here know. Be still and cool in thy own mind and spirit from thy own thoughts. And then thou wilt feel the principle of God to turn thy mind to the Lord God, whereby thou wilt receive God's strength and power from whence life comes, whereby thou wilt receive God's strength to allay all blustering storms and tempests. Amen. Be still and cool. Mm-hmm. Be still mm-hmm. and cool. And and for early friends at that time in, in English, the word cool was used for calm, you know, being having your emotions not up in, in a fiery state uh, and detached. Centered, detached, centered maybe? Centered, detached, yeah. uh-huh. And so a lot of times people will think that Quakers are sitting there in a stillness thinking when Fox has a lot of quotes saying, get away from your thoughts, let the thoughts go. You mean they didn't go to meeting after having read the New York Times and then just sitting on that, meditating on that during worship like so many friends uh-huh. I grew up with did? <laughs> or rechecking their Palm Pilots and stuff during meeting. <laughs> you bet. So do you have another quote or two that you yeah. want to share? Let me do this Isaac Pennington one. So many of these early friends, they're similar to Buddhism in a way because they understood that when you centered really deeply, the ego would be dealt with. And early friends, their understanding of the light was that it would reveal what was beyond, behind the ego, under the ego. And sometimes that could be frightening to see, but they were being faced with what they may have called sin, but was the state of disharmony, the state of separation from the divine. So the light would, if you stuck with it, the light would help you come to a place of peace and surrender. So this is an Isaac Pennington quote that sort of speaks about that. Give over thine own willing, give over thine own running, and give over thine own desiring to know or be anything, and sink down to the seed which God sows in thy heart, and let that be in thee, and grow in thee, and breathe in thee, and act in thee, and thou shalt find by sweet experience that the Lord knows that and loves and owns that and will lead it to the inheritance of life, which is God's portion. Sweet. 
Mm-hmm. I think that one's called God's portion, though. And I think you have to have that one named by the last two words. Really? Yeah. Okay. But we can take a vote from the audience. Any other <laughs> suggestions? No? Quakers yeah. don't vote. <laughs> we don't have time to come to consensus. <laughs> There's so many. I, I have some by women, and there was so many women in the early Friends that were prolific writers and passionate about their message. And it's hard to choose. Has this turned you into an evangelical? I mean, <laughs> in some ways, I, I think I am. But I'm still. It's not like I'm. I've been born again, or I've been convinced. And it's like by singing these, I keep trying to convince myself over and over. I really know that early friends and people who have experienced this coming into the the power as they say, the power of the Lord, or being covered by that presence. I know that there's truth in that, and I'm still on the journey to that place of trust. I'm not there yet, but I feel like the quotes help remind me that it's something to aspire to, to have that Mm -hmm. sense of deep calm and trust. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to hold myself up as a as a true believer in a sense, but deep down I am, but... but You just don't want to admit it. So you have another song you're going to share with us by a woman, I think, this time? You want to do a woman? Okay. I think we need a woman in there. Okay. Can I share two and, and first thing, one that Fox wrote about women? Yes, What's I think we're, we're good yet. Okay. Well, the thing that was so really important for me about finding Quakers was to know that already in the 1600s that women were considered to have the same gifts as men in terms of the spirit, and to see that this man was standing up for women in that respect that just blew me away. I've written to music a couple of his quotes that speak to that, but I'll share one. Actually, Quaker Press is, we're about to come to a contractual agreement to have co-publish these quotes as a recording, and we're hoping that it'll be done by next year. And if they're going to track them down, if the listeners want to find out where to get them, you're going to keep them posted via lesson songs or elsewhere? I would say be in touch with Quaker Press or FGC. The Quaker Bookstore will be the ones that will be distributing it. Mm-hmm. The songs, a lot of them, the song chants are very peaceful and meditative, but a lot of them are really hard-hitting because Fox was hard-hitting in a yeah. metaphorical George, kind of way. George Fox we're speaking of here, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And may not the Spirit of Christ speak in the female as well as in the male. Who is it that dare limit the Holy One of Israel? For the light is the same in the male as in the female, and it cometh from Christ, through whom the world was made. And who is it that dare stop Christ's mouth? A lot of Quakers know that Margaret Fell was sort of known as the mother of Quakerism, and she and George ended up getting married eventually, even though they didn't see each other too much because they were all they were probably in separate prisons a lot. But we have her to thank, I think, for the continuation of this tradition being alive in this religious practice because she organized it into a viable, enduring organization. This is by Sarah Blackborough. The book Hidden in Plain Sight, which has a collection of of early women's writings, is full of treasures. And Sarah Blackborough 
is very passionate in her writing. And I love this quote because it has both masculine and feminine images of God. This is from 1658. Oh, love, truth, and its testimony, whether its witness be to you or against you, love it that into my mother's house you all may come and into the chamber of her that conceived me where you may embrace and be embraced of my dearly beloved one love is his name love is his nature and love is his life. It's so amazing. You said 1658 that was from. Yep. You know, goddess worship is still controversial these, you know, three and a half centuries later. And yet they were taking the risk to speak and say, and, and, and they'd go on into public places and say these things, not just in the quiet of their gatherings or something. Or in the monasteries. You right. Know. Yeah. It's, it's powerful witness that we have from them. It's remarkable. So we've got just a little bit time left, Paulette. Where would you like to go? Uh, probably maybe finish off your Song of the Soul. So, and I hope it includes Jamie. <laughs> in that case, we'll, we, do we have time to do the Ballad of William Penn? We need it, don't we? Let's hear the Ballad of William well, Penn. And I really call it Try What Love Can Do. Try What Love Can Do? Yes. Is this one you wrote? Yes, I wrote this while I was volunteering at this Arch Street Meeting House, as I told you about, in downtown historic Philadelphia. And the first time I sang it to a, a group of tourists was 40 adolescents from Los Angeles, and they all had come in off a bus, so they were on a field trip. Um, I was about to launch into telling them the story of William Penn and the founding of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and everything. By the way, many friends don't know that our Declaration of Independence for the United States, uh, written by Thomas Jefferson, looks almost identical to what William Penn wrote 100 years earlier for the Charter of West Jersey. Anyway, I said to these group of young people, you know, I could tell this story or I could sing it to you because I just finished a song about it. And they said, sing it, sing it. And I said, well, I, I will if you promise to sing along with me on the chorus. And they all looked at each other, you know, these are junior high age students and they were like, oh, no, no way. And they weren't even Quakers, you know. <laughs> and then one put his hand up and said, come on, let's do it. And so they all agreed to sing it with me. So it was really fun to hear this group of 40 teenagers from Los Angeles go out the door singing the chorus to this song. Did you want the teenagers in the room here to join in on the chorus? Absolutely. When William Penn became a friend As a young man in England His father shook with rage to learn His son was a Quaker Already he'd been thrown in jail His father wondered where he'd fail His son was born for privilege, not for prison William had done many things To shine as an admiral's son Good at war and ease with kings He was brilliant and handsome The 
But deep within he yearned for more A truer truth worth living for Friends' truth opened up the door to his soul Try what love can do Try what love can do Try what love can do Oh, try what love can do The Church of England. No need for priests, no need for creeds. Seek the light within. In deepest silence, hear God's call. The truth of love revealed to all that of God in every person, friend or foe. And these early friends did not hold back. From speaking truth to power And to defy the church meant to defy the state Their cross was prison and torture Breaking norms of society To live in love and integrity William Penn saw the role that he must play Try what love can do can do try what love can do oh try what love can do and William's father had passed on but before he died he forgave his son and he left the king with an unpaid debt that William resolved to collect but not in pounds he asked for land instead place for Quakers not to live in dread. And King Charles II did agree to give thousands of acres across the sea. And he named this colony after Admiral Penn, Pennsylvania, the woods of Penn. And he offered guns to protect the land. But William said no, he had a different plan Let's try what love can do Try what love can do Try what love can do Oh, try what love can do In 1682, William arrived on the banks of the Delaware Filled with hope, intent on peace His mission well prepared To start the holy experiment With love at the root of government Common good, truth and tolerance to prevail And this Quaker left a legacy And a vision beyond his time Rights of religious liberty Each conscience held sublime Public schools to educate Instead of war, negotiate Justice and mercy to build a peace And try what love can do Try what love can do Try what love 
love can do, oh, try what love can do, 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 oh, try what love can do. Thank you. And where can I buy that CD? Uh, <laughs> that's not out not, anywhere yet. No, it, it isn't. What's more is I think we need it in the curricula for schools across the United States. Ah, amen. Yeah. A women. I that is so true. A folks yes. is the gender neutral version. <laughs> so much history. And yeah. if we were learning history from songs like that song, Try What Love Can Do, it would be a joy to go to history class, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we wouldn't forget it. And I mean that not because I'm a Quaker, but because that's the way that I absorb it, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your Song of the Soul, Paulette. You are quite and, welcome. And you know, you I hope to have you on again soon for Spirit in Action. I would sharing. love it. Okay. I would love it. Thanks, Thanks so much for joining thank me. Thank you, Mark. That was Cincinnati-based singer-songwriter Paulette Meyer, today's Song of the Soul guest. Remember her site, LessonSongs.com. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can.